0: Welcome to the Gospel Minute, part of the teaching ministry of Praise Temple Apostolic Church. In this podcast, we explore various topics pertaining to the Kingdom of God with the ministers of Praise Temple. Today we will be hearing from Brother Jonathan Lawrence. Thank you for joining us. The very first mention of Joshua in the Bible is in Exodus chapter 17. It has been a little over a month since the children of Israel have been let out of captivity in Egypt, and they have been slowly making their way toward the promised land. God has brought them through Marah, where the bitter waters were made sweet. He has provided manna and quail for them to eat in the wilderness of sin. And they have now come to Rephidim, where Moses has struck the rock from which God has miraculously provided water. It is here in Rephidim where we first hear about this guy, Joshua. While the children of Israel are camping out in Rephidim, the Bible says in Exodus 17 beginning at verse 8, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. So from this reading, it appears that this man named Joshua was appointed as a commander of the armies of Israel at a pretty early point in time. The Bible goes on to say that as long as Moses held up his rod, Israel prevailed and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The next time we hear of Joshua is in Exodus 24 and 13 when Moses is going up on the mountain where God is going to give him the law and commandments for the people of Israel. The Bible says in Exodus 24 and 13, And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. So looking at this verse, it appears that Joshua is not only a commander of the army of Israel, but he is also a minister to Moses, or his right-hand man, if you will. In Numbers chapter 13, Joshua goes on to become one of the 12 spies sent by Moses to explore the land of Canaan. It's in this chapter, we find out that Joshua isn't even his original name. His original name was Oshia, which means God delivers. But Moses, the man of God, uh, gives him the new name Joshua, which means God is deliverance. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men to bring back a good report from Canaan. They tried their best to convince their fellow Israelites that they were well able to possess the land and that God would give it to them. But... They were only met with threats of being stoned. God punished all of Israel for their unbelief and disobedience by declaring that all of those 20 years old and upward would die in the wilderness and never see the promised land. So now we arrive at the first chapter of the book of Joshua, beginning at verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses my servant is dead, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So Moses has died, and God is appointing Joshua to succeed Moses as the leader of God's people Israel. God tells him to arise, go over Jordan, every place the sole of his foot treads upon God has given to him. So many times when we think of the book of Joshua, we immediately think of the city of Jericho and the great victory that was won there. Most of us can probably tell the story of the children of Israel marching around the wall once a day for six days and then seven times on the seventh day, blowing of the trumpets, the mighty shout and the walls falling flat. But did you know that it isn't until the sixth chapter of the book of Joshua that any of this takes place? There are five full chapters in which Joshua and the children of Israel are making preparations to go and fight against Jericho and the inhabitants of Canaan. And you may think, well, the land of Canaan was already promised to them. Couldn't Joshua just walk right in and begin to swing his sword and claim the promise any old way he wanted to? But that's not how it works. Uh, God let Joshua know that in order to possess the land that had been promised to him and the children of Israel, there were some preparations that had to be made. There were some commandments that had to be obeyed. The first commandment God gives Joshua can be found in chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. See if you recognize some repeating words in these scriptures. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God tells Joshua four different times to be strong and courageous. Three times in what we just read, and then again several verses later. We already know that Joshua was a man of great faith. But God was telling Joshua, don't let your faith waver. Be strong and courageous. You know, Joshua didn't have all the answers for the challenges that lay ahead of him. But he was counseled to go forward anyways, acting in faith. Like Joshua, we seldom have all the answers to our personal challenges and and the things that come up in our life. And it's easy to say, I have faith. But when you are met with a challenge... Uh, sometimes that faith begins to shake a little bit and we begin to doubt and and question, but I believe that God is, is telling us the same thing he told Joshua, be strong and courageous. I've got your back. You may not understand how it's all going to work out. You may not know, you know, you may not be able to, to see it yet, but just be strong, be courageous, trust in me. And I will bring you through every battle, every trial and every test. That lays before you the second commandment god gave joshua is in joshua 1 and 8 this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success in other words joshua study my word meditate on it soak it in until it becomes a part of who you are let let the words and, and the commandments be written on your heart, Joshua, because it's through the knowledge of and, and obedience to my word that you're going to have success. I believe that God is calling each one of us, just as he did Joshua, to meditate on his word. In 2001, there was a group of Bible quizzers from Virginia who had made it past their state competitions and qualified for the intermediate North American Bible quizzing tournament in Atlanta, Georgia. So they drove up there. got to the hotel, and it was traditional for Bible quizzers at nationals who didn't have to quiz the next day to stay in the lobby of the hotel and play games and just hang out. This group from Virginia was doing just that when they invited over another group of young people who were not affiliated with the event and who did not know the truth of the gospel. The games turned to questions, and and the questions turned to answers. And at about 1 o'clock in the morning in a hotel lobby, there were some 13-year-old apostolic young people who began to quote scriptures about repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, verses that they had committed to memory, and about one-thirty in the morning, God began to fill this other group of kids with the Holy Ghost right there in the hotel lobby, all because this group of apostolic young people had the word hidden in their heart and had been preparing for promise. The third commandment God gives Joshua is in Joshua 4, 1 through 3. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priests' feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Joshua goes on to build a memorial with these stones. And I believe this is symbolic of God not wanting Joshua and the children of Israel to forget where he brought them from. It doesn't matter how far we go in our lives. It doesn't matter the success that we achieve, the monetary gains we acquire in our life, all these different things. We must never forget where God brought us from. We need to all be able to say, yes, I'm successful today. I have a great job. I have accomplished all these things in my life. But there was a time I was lost and I was on my way to hell. But God picked me up in his mercy, filled me with his spirit, washed my sins away and made me a new creature in him. And it doesn't matter what I achieve in my life. That is the greatest testimony that God picked me up out of my mess and made something of my life. The next commandment God gives Joshua is in chapter 5, verses 2 through 3. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. I will spare us the excruciating details of circumcision, but I believe that most of us know and understand that it involves A cutting away of some things. I believe God is asking every one of us today if there are some things in our lives that we're willing to cut away. Things that we're putting before God. Things that don't bring honor and glory to Him. Our youth pastor, Brother Chris Cook, made a statement to me a few weeks ago and it really stuck with me. He said, God allows us to have things. But when the things have us, that's when it becomes a problem. I love fishing, but if I go out And spend the whole day fishing and I'm neglecting prayer and reading my Bible and taking time for my walk with God. Then fishing has become an idol in my life and something that I need to cut away. Something that I need to dial it back and get my priorities back in order. I believe sometimes that relationships with certain individuals need to be cut away in our lives. If being close to an individual is causing you to drift further away from God instead of draw closer to him, then that's a relationship that you need to get rid of. Anything that takes the place of or leads us away from God needs to be cut away or else we're going to find ourselves in ruin and destruction. The next commandment God gives Joshua is in chapter 5 verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. He said, Joshua, take off your shoes. You're standing in a holy place. A few days ago, my wife and I were sitting at home and she looked at me and said, Hey, you want to go to McDonald's? And so I was like, sure. So I jumped up, threw a hat on, put on my shoes. We walked out the door, started walking down the driveway to the truck and she starts singing a song about how she's not wearing any shoes. And I look down and sure enough, she's barefoot walking down the driveway and she's happy about it. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I am not a big fan of being outside with no shoes on. When I was younger, you know, like four or five, six years old, uh, living out in the country near Hopkinsville, Kentucky, I'd run around outside barefoot, you know, and it wouldn't bother me. But then when I was six years old, we moved to Lynette, Alabama also known as fire ant capital of the world, or at least it feels like it ought to be. All it takes is one time stepping barefoot in a fire ant hill, and you won't want to go outside without shoes on ever again. I've had friends who can run barefoot across gravel, and I just watch them, and I'm like, how in the world? You know, I can't even walk on gravel without looking like I'm walking on a tightrope. When you're wearing shoes, there's a layer of insulation between the ground and the sole of your foot. You can't tell the difference whether you're walking on something hot, something cold, something a little jagged, concrete, blacktop, or even broken glass. They all feel the same. But when you take those shoes off, you feel everything. Every little rock or grain of sand getting in between your toes, mud, grass, leaves. You can tell the temperature and the texture of everything because when you remove that barrier between your foot and the ground, you're able to differentiate and sense more clearly The world around you. Could it be that when the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Take off your shoes, he was really saying, Joshua, I need you to be more sensitive to my voice? You see, Joshua, I speak in a still small voice, and the only way you'll be able to hear it is if you're living in fellowship with me, praying and learning to recognize my voice. Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. There are many people who know and can quote the written word of God, which we already know is important for living a life of promise, but when it comes to God speaking intimately to them in a still, small voice, giving them direction, they completely miss it. Why? Because they haven't set time aside to begin to recognize the voice of God through prayer and fellowship with God. The written word of God won't tell you which aisle to walk down a Walmart where that individual is who has been praying that God would send somebody to them with the message of salvation. It's the voice of God that's going to wake you up in the middle of the night to begin to pray and intercede for somebody whose life is on the line. A few years ago, there was a minister I went to church with. His name was Brother McBride, and He was sitting at home one night and about 10 o'clock, he felt like he needed to go to the church and pray. And so he jumped in his car and drove to the church, went in the sanctuary and began to pray. And while he was praying, the face of his son came before him and he felt an urgency to pray for Kishon, his son. And so he began to pray and to intercede on his behalf. He didn't know what was going on, but he just knew that he needed to touch God. And so he prayed until he felt peace about the situation and then he went home. The next day he found out that the night before, around that same time that he had begun to pray, Kishan was caught in the middle of a gun battle. These individuals were shooting at each other and Kishan was stuck in his car between them and bullets riddled the sides of his car and when it was all said and done, Keshan had not a single scratch on him. And there was a 40 caliber bullet laying in the passenger seat that should have hit him and killed him. What if Brother McBride had not been praying? He had not been sensitive to the Spirit of God. I believe God is calling us all to be more sensitive to him. Joshua went on to lead the children of Israel to many great victories in the land of Canaan as they claimed back the land that God had promised to them generations before. But before the very first victory, before the very first battle, there were some preparations that had to be made. I believe God is asking each one of us today, Will you stay strong and courageous? Will you devote yourself to the study of my word? Will you always remember where I've brought you from? Are you willing to cut some things out of your life for me? And will you take off your spiritual shoes and be sensitive to my spirit? You see, sometimes the fulfillment of the promises of God in our life are predicated upon the preparations that we have made. Are you prepared today? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gospel Minute. If you enjoyed this podcast, take a minute to leave us a review and subscribe to be notified when we post a new episode. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Praise Temple Apostolic Church. If you would like to join us in service, we are located at 725 West Knoll Avenue, Madisonville, Kentucky. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. God bless.